And that's what I decided. I'm going to murder my mother. But I didn't feel that I had to uh, face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm the king, man. I decide who's does what and where they do it at. So next time you see me, <laughs> I will kill you. I definitely think I've changed my mind on who I think is the, the guilty party in the, the Zodiac case. Oh, really? Yeah, for the longest time I thought it was Arthur Lee Allen, but um, I've been convinced it could be someone else. Well, let's get into that. Let's we clap. will get into that and more. Are you recording already? Yeah, we got to clap. Oh yeah, ready? One, two, three. Nice. Okay. Uh, so welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. I'm Corey. This is Johnny. Hello. And today is part two of Zodiac, and I don't think, I don't think any of us are ready for this, because this research has been consuming me. Like, if you know my wife, you can ask her that this is all I've been talking about. I've been watching countless documentaries, and I've watched the movie like twice, like the Zodiac, the one that came out in like 2007 with, uh, what's the dude's name? What's Iron's man, Iron Man's name? Fuck, there's so many people probably cursing us right now. Um, oh my god, what is his name? <laughs> uh, I keep thinking, Gary! Yeah, uh, uh, Tony Stark. No, what's the what? actor's name? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, him. So he's in it, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and then Mark Ruffalo is in it. It's a really good right, movie. Okay. Yeah, um, sorry. But we're going to get into how it's a total fucking sham, okay? We're not getting into it right now, but we're going to get into it in a little bit. So when we left Zodiac last time, he had just murdered uh, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard. Well, he murdered Cecilia Shepard. Brian Hartnell survived and is still getting pestered about this fucking case. So we're going to start up with murder four. Now, this is... Uh, this is an odd murder because up to now, Zodiac has only been killing couples. He killed the two at the Lover's Lane, two at the other Lover's Lane, and then two at the lake. Kind of insinuates he's a lonely dude and hates other people who are happy. And so if that was your theory, um, get, the, get that theory out of your head because it all changes right here. So two weeks later on October 11th, which is actually mine and Elsa's anniversary, uh, a white male entered a taxi driven by driver Paul Stein at the intersection of Mason and Geary Streets. The passenger requested to be taken to Washington and Maple Streets, but for completely unknown reasons. Stein drove one block past the intersection, and when he got there, he was shot in the back of the head. The killer took Stein's wallet and car keys and tore off a piece of his bloody shirt, and that's going to come up later. So three teenagers across the street saw the crime happening at 9.55 p.m. and were on the phone with the police when it would happen. Now, this would have been a good time for the for smartphones to be around because they could have filmed, filmed Zodiac doing this, and he probably would have been caught significantly sooner than that. But the killer was observed wiping down the cab before walking down the block towards Presidio. So two blocks from the murder, two officers, Fouk, Foik? What does that look like to you? Foik, Fouquet? Uh, I was going to say, like, Folk. Folk. Fuck and Zelms or observed a white male walking down the street. So these two officers saw him. They saw him walk up the front steps of one of the houses on Jackson Street, and then, uh, but they just continued driving. So the two officers claimed that he was about 5'10", 35 to 45 years old, with a crew cut. Kind of sounds like Zodiac to me. I mean, it matches all the, the, uh, the pencil sketches that other... you've ever seen of him. Yeah, in every other eyewitness account of him, it matches it. But the dispatchers put out 
a this is the description they put out but the only difference was they said to be on the lookout for a black suspect which is just so fucking typical and so Foik, Fook, Fuck, and Zelms did not stop the suspect, and he just moseyed on away. No big deal. Searches were done, but no one was found, and this was also the last confirmed kill by Zodiac. So I can kind of see it in two lights. On one hand, I think these officers are fucking idiots, and they should have stopped the man either way. Being that close to a crime scene, even if he didn't match the description, they could have asked if he saw something, if he heard something. I mean, literally anything would have been better than what they did, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I said on one hand, but really there is no other hand. They, they should have fucking stopped the dude, right? I mean, he was close to the murder. Why Why not ask him? Hey, man, you see anybody running down the street? Hey, man, did you hear a gunshot? Did you literally witness anything that happened within the last fucking ten minutes? I mean... Why would you not at least ask him? If they would have stopped him, they would have got Zodiac. They would have, they saw him. All right? I'm already getting upset, and we're literally five minutes into the episode, and I'm already screaming at everyone. But this, I mean, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make any sense why they would not stop for it. I mean, at first, everybody thought this was a, was a typical cabbie shooting, which I guess happened enough in San Francisco that they had a fucking name for it. Um, but... It was not. On October 13th, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter and a piece of bloody shirt that belonged to Paul Stein. And this is when Dave Toskey and Bill Armstrong were assigned to the Zodiac case. And that is uh, Mark Ruffalo in the movie, and I don't know the other actor's name. So, in all, they would interview 2,500 suspects in this fucking case. That's insane. That's a lot of fucking people. To not find anyone at the end of it, that's a lot of fucking people to have no further, you know, information about him. Right. So we, I'm going to, we're, we're going to get into more communication from, from Zodiac right here. But first, I want to talk about Arthur Lee Allen because I feel like we should, we need to talk about him first before we talk about the things that Zodiac was saying in his letters. So if you look at Robert Gray Smith's book, he was the car the political cartoonist who literally gave up his whole life to try to find Zodiac. And he fully believed that Arthur Lee Allen was the was Zodiac. He believed he was 100% in his heart of hearts that he was the Zodiac. Arthur Lee Allen denied it 100%. Until the day Arthur Lee Allen died, he said he was not the Zodiac. Because everything they had on him was circumstantial. So, like, everything they had is like, oh, well, I heard him say this. Oh, well, he talked about this. You know, he had a Zodiac watch. He wears, wore the same size shoes as Zodiac. Like, all of these things are circumstantial. You can't go to court with that and be like, well, Your Honor, look at his fucking feet. I mean, Zodiac walked, right? He had feet. So, Arthur Lee Allen has feet. Boom. Case closed. He's got to be the Zodiac. But no, it doesn't work like that. If it did, we'd all be Zodiac. Well, and he didn't even physically meet any... No, yeah, no, 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 not at all, nothing. He was like six feet tall. He was like 250 pounds. He was, he was bumble butt size, you know? He was a hefty guy, corn fed. And that's, yeah, he's a big old boy, you know what I mean? And then that comes back to Mike Majot, who, if you remember him, he survived Zodiac. And he said, I mean, I'm not a big man. I'm 5'4", 5'5", on a good day, all right? And... Everybody's tall to me. Everybody's big to me. But Mike Majot, who's an average-sized man, said that when the man got out, he was about five, five eight. So like, but what what? 
I'm getting too excited and I'm talking too fast. What I'm getting at is if 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 Arthur Lee Allen, who was six feet tall, 250 pounds, got his whole body out of that car and was walking up to your car, the first thing the first thing any normal person would think is, "Holy fuck, that dude's huge!" Like you wouldn't think like, "Oh, he's just a regular sized dude." Like no, you'd be like, "He's a big monster man of a person." But he never said that. He said he was five eight, and Arthur Lee Allen was huge monster man size. Right. And up until, like, two days ago, actually, up until, like, yesterday, I was fully believing Arthur Lee Allen was the Zodiac. But we're going to get into a lot of reasons why there he definitely was not, and a lot of reasons why the evidence stacked up against him came out to be not not reliable, I guess would be the way to say it. Arthur Lee Allen is still a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. We're going to get into it. He's still a pile of shit, but he was not the pile of shit who was shooting kids at Lover's Lanes. So... Alan was interviewed by police in the very early days of Zodiac and was subject to numerous search warrants over 20 years. Can you imagine being harassed by the fucking police for 20 fucking years saying you're the Zodiac, you're the Zodiac, and you're not? Like, that would drive any normal person insane, you know? Right. But in 2007, Graysmith noted that several police detectives described Alan as the most likely suspect. But in 2010, Toski stated that all the evidence against Allen ultimately, quote, turned out to be negative. Yeah, no shit, because you didn't have any physical evidence. Like, the fingerprints didn't match. The handwriting didn't match. The, sh- the only thing they had was all circumstantial. Nothing was legitimately matching and connecting him to the Zodiac. Right. So October 6, 1969, he was interviewed by John Lynch of the Vallejo Police Department. This is a detective at Vallejo Police. And... Uh, he was reported in the vicinity of Lake Berryessa at the time of the Lake Berryessa attack against, if you remember, Hartnell, uh, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard, uh, September 27, 1969. But he described himself... Why did my mic just get all fucking weird? That was... I don't know what happened there. Anyways, I mean, it sounds better. <coughs> so, if you remember Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard from... Uh, uh, the Lake Berryessa attack, September 27, 1969. But he described himself as scuba diving at Salt Point on the day of the attack. But I mean, without, I, I'm not. I, I don't believe he was the Zodiac. But at the same time, like you need someone to corroborate that statement. You can't just say like, no, I wasn't there. Right, right. And expect the cops to be like, oh yeah, no, he wasn't there. I believe him 100. percent Child molester? Sure, I believe him. Oh shit, I spoke too soon. We're gonna get to the what he did. Um. So he, he came to police attention in 1971 and when Don Chaney reported to police in Manhattan Beach, California, that Allen had spoken of his desire to kill people. Now, this fucker here, so this is why everything that was said about Arthur Lee Allen was not true because Don Chaney was a friend of Arthur Lee Allen and then they had a falling out and then suddenly they were like, boom, fuck you, we're not friends anymore. But the reason they weren't friends anymore is because Arthur Lee Allen was a school teacher before... He was a janitor at a plant. So he was a school teacher, and he was caught molesting his the children at the school. So obviously he was fired. He was a registered sex offender, all that bullshit. But he had tried to molest one of Don Chaney's kids. So once you do something fucked up to somebody else, and they come to police and are saying, oh, he said this, this, and this, I feel like you're not a reliable witness at that point. You have a vendetta. You have a reason to say these things about this person. Like You cannot be our main source of information anymore. Like, you have a motive at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's tricky. I know I'm yelling a lot, but feel free to interject. No, you're good. I'm just... Continue. I'm, 
I'm I'm being very intense. I know normally on the show I'm very relaxed. Very calm. <laughs> right, you guys right, look right. to me as someone with a lot of information. Super chill guy. I know. Yeah, super yo chill guy, real real cool guy. You know what I mean? I know you guys look at me as that type of person, but I'm being pretty intense on this episode. Normally I'm not. Right. So, Arthur, he said that Arthur Lee Allen said he wanted to kill people. He wanted to use the name Zodiac. He said he talked about how to secure a flashlight to a firearm for visibility at night. All this bullshit, and said that this conversation occurred no later than January 1st, 1969, and it was all bullshit. I mean, a lot of the shit, I don't have it all typed up in the script, but a lot of the shit that Don Chaney said about Alan was after Robert Graysmith's fucking book came out. So it's like, oh, yeah, he Robert Graysmith said, this is true, this is true, oh, I'm going to go tell the police that that Arthur Leon said all this shit. So Don Chaney is not a victim here. His son, yes. Don Chaney is, is a fucking asshole. At this point. So Jack Molyneux of the Vallejo Police Department eventually wrote Allen, or, or subsequently wrote Allen had received an other than honorable discharge from the U.S. Navy in 1958. And he had, like I said, he'd been fired from his job for allegations about sexual misconduct with the students. But he was generally well regarded by the people that knew him. But he was also described as, quote, fixated on young children and angry at women and apparently never had a wife or a girlfriend. But, I mean, that sounds like the type of person who would be killing teenagers on lovers' lanes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it... like, it just sounds too good to be true, you know what I mean? That's that's. So, but another thing, ah, I'm getting ahead of myself again. So in September 1972, San Francisco police got a search warrant for his, for Arthur Lee Allen's residence. And in 1974, he was arrested for committing lewd acts upon his 12-year-old boy. He pled guilty and served two years in prison. Now, up until this point, Zodiac letters were coming pretty consistently. Not all the time, but pretty consistently. But while he was in prison, they completely stopped. Like, no more letters came until... Two years later, when he got out, Dave Toskey received a letter. I think it was three months after he got out. Dave Toskey received a letter saying, Sorry, I haven't been around. If you need any help with the investigation, let me know. Signed, Zodiac. Now, that is suspicious. That is strange. I have no real explanation for that. I think it's just a crazy, outlandish coincidence. I think it could have been strategically planned that way. By who, though? Not, I mean, Could have been anyone who could have used him as a patsy. Found but they out have he's to going have to the jail and the he's... handwriting. The handwriting, Johnny, has to. I've been. Oh, I've been so into handwriting lately. The handwriting has to. Right, I'm not saying the handwriting has to change in, from you know, because of the two-year gap. I'm saying that he, you know, maybe the real killer could have seen this as an opportunity to change, you know, law enforcement's direction. I guess. But see, I I disagree because I think Zodiac. I don't think. He, I don't think he necessarily wanted to be caught, but I don't think he wanted to not be known. He wouldn't want Arthur Lee Allen taking credit. He wouldn't want him or getting credit for his crime. Same with the fuckhead BTK. He didn't. When those other people claimed his crimes, he's like, no, it was me. I did the crimes, not those assholes. Like, he's a piece of shit. They're crybabies. You know what I mean? Because they're fucking shitheads in their real life, so they have a moment to feel important. And I don't think Zodiac would have let Arthur Lee Allen take it. If, it was, if Zodiac knew about the correlation between Arthur Lee Allen and himself he would have made sure that he that they knew it wasn't him. He doesn't want someone taking credit for his shit. It's a lot of work to kill somebody. Right. So I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Never killed anyone, so I don't know what that like what that's like, but uh, uh, the evidence again, 
God damn it. The evidence against Alan is entirely circumstantial. Everything about it was circumstantial. So a letter sent to the Riverside Police Department. We're gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna go back up to that in just a second. Talk about uh, Sherry Joe Bates's murder and how it's connected to Zodiac as well. But the killer, it, the letter was typed with a royal typewriter with an elite type, the same brand found during the 1991 search of Alan's residence. He owned uh, a Zodiac brand wristwatch, which said Zodiac on it and had the circle crosshairs symbol on it as well. Hmm. He lived in Vallejo. He worked minutes away from where one of the Zodiac's victims lived and from where two of the killings took place. But that if that was your evidence, any number of people could be Zodiac. It could be your fucking neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, that's not evidence. It's just... It's co- it's not even a coincidence. It's just the things that are ex- that, that are happening in the world. That's all it is. It's nothing. It's no, there's no weight to any of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's 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 suspicious, I suppose. But anybody from a from a law enforcement perspective, anybody can own a fucking typewriter. Anybody can own a Zodiac watch. Anybody can live near near the victim. Anybody could live near where the killings took place. You know what I mean? Like it's not. If if one individual is showing all of these signs, then it is pretty suspicious. I mean, I guess, yeah, if, like, everything is matching up, it seems suspicious, but suspicion and proof are not going to convict someone. Like, our suspicion is not going to convict someone. You need proof of what happened. Yeah, but in a case like this, I mean, a lot of times it... They're willing to just fry anybody just to ease the community. Dude, exactly. That's why they had all these fucking suspects, because they just want to find somebody mm-hmm. to pin this on at this point, because it's like there's there's so much. that It's been so long. They want to find somebody to convict. But so to, so I don't if you guys have probably heard of the East Area Rapist, Micro Dick Murderer guy. So he was found – he was – his identity was found through DNA testing that we didn't have the technology for when he was doing his crimes, but we do now. So they think that they can find Zodiac the same way, but I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So 2002, San Francisco PD developed a partial DNA profile from the saliva on stamps and envelopes of Zodiac's letters. They compared this DNA to Arthur Lee Allen, and guess what the fuck? It didn't fucking match. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So a DNA comparison was also made with DNA of Don Chaney, who was Alan's friend that we talked about. Guess what? It didn't fucking match. So since neither test results indicated a match, they were both uh, excluded as the contributors of DNA. So they were they were cleared from that area of it. But at the same time, I don't know how old our listeners are. I'm not that old to be mailing shit from the post office. But from what I've heard, if you go in there with a letter in an envelope that is open, the person behind the counter will lick the envelope, seal it, and they will lick the stamp and put it on there. What's to say Zodiac didn't have that happen? What's to say that the DNA that they got from there is some random fucking postal worker who has no idea that he's even having his DNA tested? Right. You can't... Like, you need the DNA to be placed at the crime scene. Like, if Zodiac would have shot... Paul Stein in the back of the head and then jizzed on the back of the seat. Sure, you got a good DNA sample at that point. The DNA's at the crime scene, but this is nothing. You can't do anything with this information. Well, no, especially it could be the anybody's time, there spit. Wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of DNA testing. Right, that's what I'm saying, but this is in 2002. I mean, DNA has came a long way since 1969 to 2002. Yeah. 
I still think it was slow moving, though. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that they had everything they needed I mean, how to old find. Is, I mean, how old is this, like, 23andMe trend? How, how long have people been doing that? Uh, 80s. What? Early early 80s? Not to, not the trend, but the DNA the G, the, the DNA testing and oh. shit like that? Or, like, private DNA well, testing? Maybe it's yes. older than I thought it was. Yeah, I thought 23andMe barely came out recently, but a lot of the DNA testing that was done in the 80s was... It was somewhat public and then somewhat private kind of thing. Like, it, was, it wasn't well known, but 23andMe really set it off. Like, that kind of shit really set it off. So, again, like we talked about with... Ar- oh, I wanted to talk about Arthur Lee Allen before we talked about this because literally Don Chaney said that he said that, that, that Arthur Lee Allen said this at one point. So, this is more... This is kind of a montage of communication from the Zodiac to various police press and other public figures. So, I'm just going to kind of read through these and, you know, just sit back, relax. Zodiac's not going to get you. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's behind you. You don't, know, you don't know who he is. He could be your fucking dad. Who knows who Zodiac could be? Anybody. He'd be old and as shit now. Oh, he's probably dead. He's 100% dead. We're never going to find him. There's no way. So October 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from Zodiac, and it included a threat about killing children from a school bus. And if you ever want to get publicity, just threaten to kill a bunch of kids. Everybody will pay attention to you that way. You yeah. need to get your podcast promoted. I'm going to murder a bunch of kids if you don't listen to my whoa, podcast. Whoa, 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 That's all you got to say. Whoa. Yeah, we will no, be quotes. editing that. No, 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 it's quotes, it's quotes. I didn't say it. I was just saying you could say something like that. Jesus. Bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> what do you mean you so, can't say bomb on an airplane? Yeah, sure you can. You just get in trouble for it. Yeah, rightfully so. So, so Zodiac said, quote, just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. So Arthur Lee Allen, see, I typed the script up when I still thought Arthur Lee Allen was a, spus- a suspect here. So, but he's, I don't think he's the viable suspect anymore. But so, Don Chaney said that Arthur Lee Allen said this almost verbatim, which is just, who remembers that shit? I already forgot what I talked to you, told I mean, you when I got on the phone with you a few minutes ago. No, I think you'd remember that if someone said that shit, especially, you have a kid. If someone walked up and said, that, you don't have to know this person, you've never seen them before in your life, but if they walked up and said some crazy shit like that to you, you'd look at their face long enough to memorize that shit, and you'd think about that. I guess that's a good point. Like, so I mean, if he, yeah, okay. let's say he did say it, um, yeah, it's a big deal what he said. It's, it's not like concern. he was like, yeah, it's not like he just came up and said, "Hey man, I'm gonna go get a burger." Like you're not gonna remember that, but if you're like, "I'm gonna murder a bunch of fucking kids and blow up the school right. bus," like, but yeah, as far you as might. you know, whether it was made up or not, I mean, that's that's one thing. But to misquote that would be really hard to do. I think. I suppose I'm literally. Drinking I can't water remember what I'm he said. So no, man, he said he was gonna fucking do this. But verbatim, though? Yeah, dude, I think you'd remember shooting kids on a school bus. I don't right, even like fine, saying it. Fair. Like, it's, like, seriously, like, it's, it's that fucking serious of a statement. So, if you, it, my bad. If you can honestly have someone say some crazy shit like that in earshot of you and you not bat an eye, maybe you should be checked. I guess that's that's fair. I suppose that's fair. Okay. So, 2 p.m. on October 20th, Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department and demanded that one of the one or both prominent lawyers appear on a morning show AM San Francisco, F. Lee Bailey or Melvin uh, Belli. So, Belli pled uh, to keep the – Belli was able to do it. So, he pled to keep the phone lines open so Zodiac could call in. Eventually, someone did call in claiming to be Zodiac. It was a man named Sam. He claimed he was sick. All right, he claimed he got headaches and killing 
made the headaches go away. Or you could just try to take Excedrin or an Advil or something like that. I mean, as it turns out, uh, this was not Zodiac. Yeah. So he agreed to meet Bella in person, and unfortunately, quote, Zodiac oh. did not show up as requested because it was not Zodiac. The call was eventually traced to a psychiatric hospital, and it was simply a patient calling in. Now, how he got on the phone, I have no idea, but that was a hoax. That Nothing like that ever. I mean, Zodiac's not going to reach out like that and be pu publicized in that manner. So I'm going to throw a couple dates at you guys here. November 8th, 1969, Zodiac mailed another cipher. This one, this one containing 340 characters, and this one still to this day has not been decoded. November 9th, 1969, he mailed a seven-page letter stating that two police officers stopped and talked to him three minutes after he shot Stein, those two fuckheads we talked about earlier. December 20th, 1969, a year after the shooting of Betty, Le Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday, Zodiac mailed a letter to Belli asking him for help. The letter also included another swatch of Stein's shirt. I don't know why he held on to this shit for so long. I guess maybe it's like a trophy, but he didn't take trophies oh, yeah. from anyone else, though. That's the thing. He didn't take trophies from the first three crime scenes. Well, I, maybe he was uh, honing in his craft. He was... <clears throat> he was changing things, keeping things. That's what made him <clears throat> so hard to catch pattern. because he did things differently all the time. Well, and maybe that was his his strategy, just changing it up. Leaving, I mean, it worked. Yeah, I mean, there's a pattern, but there isn't a pattern. Now, this next one is fucking terrifying, okay? So this, is, this happened in Modesto. So March 27, 1970, Kathleen Johns was driving from San Bernardino to Petaluma to visit her mother. Johns was seven months pregnant at the time and had her 10-month-old daughter with her in the car. So they're heading west down Highway 135, and a vehicle gets behind her, starts flashing the lights, honking their horn, all the shit, trying to get her to stop. She eventually pulls over, and the other vehicle pulls up behind her. Sound familiar? So the driver got out and approached the car. The driver stated that her back tire lug nuts were loose and asked if she wanted him to tighten them. And of course, she thought he was just being a decent person, and he, she's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he started doing it. But after he finished and pulled off, and then she pulled off... Uh, she was like, oh, cool, you know, someone help me out. That's really cool. Boom. Her fucking tire falls off completely almost immediately after she pulls out onto the road. So the other car reversed back and was like, hey, do you want me to take you to a gas station? And then, because this was before cell phones and AAA, you can't just fucking call somebody to pick you up. Right. So she and her baby got in the car, and then I don't think he was expecting there to be a baby in the car. I don't think he thought she was going to be pregnant. I don't think he thought she was going to have a baby. And this fucked his all, all his plans up. So after passing several gas stations, um, she started to get suspicious. I would have been suspicious after he passed the first fucking gas station. Right. So he drove her and her baby around for about an hour and a half on the back roads near Tracy. And then whenever she asked him why he was not stopping, he would change the subject almost immediately. So, and another time he said, he told her, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to throw your baby out the window. Which is not what you want to hear when you're in the car with a stranger, I would say. No. Um, so, I mean, if you ever are getting a ride from a stranger, which you should not ever do, uh, but if you have to and they pass the destination that they're taking you to, I would say jump out as soon as you can. Yeah, you are going to die. Yeah, but that's what she did. She jumped out at an intersection, and then she hid in a field, and then she said that he searched for her with a flashlight and said he wasn't going to hurt her, but you literally already threatened to kill me, dude, so, like, f get the fuck out of here. Luckily, he gave up, and she was able to flag down another ride and then go to a police station. But uh, she, when she was in the police station, she saw a composite sketch of the man who killed Paul Stein, and she said that was the man who abducted her and her daughter, which is pretty incriminating. Um, and I mean, 
when they found her car, it had been gutted and torched. Now, I say incriminating, but I mean, eyewitness testimony is the, literally the least, the, it's the most, it's the least reliable type of testimony you can have. I mean, it's definitely a good lead. If I'm a, if, if I'm a police officer on this investigation, I'm definitely going to see what she has to say. Right, but if you were a cop on this case, down. at this point, you'd take any fucking lead you could get <clears throat> at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, I guess it's hard to say, but I feel like this is a good. That I mean, that's a lead. Right. That's, that's I mean, how. That, that's how cases are opened back up. Someone sees something or recognizes something, and it's, it's like, a ah. lead. But it doesn't put you any closer to the direction of catching the man because all it is is a sketch with no name, no birthday, no nothing. Like, it's well, just no, a but now, but we know the area. We know the style of what she did at this time. I mean, that you have new information to study is what I'm saying. And this was his first abduction, his only abduction actually, which is strange. He's changing up his mo, con- like kind of constantly. Yeah. So but, he, I mean, that's why it's important for them to study this closely and then just wait and see if anything, anything happens next. I mean, you really got to keep your, you got to be open-minded at this point. Right. You got to take anything you can get, really. Well, you so, just got to expect, like, the craziest method of fucking being a nuisance, you know? So Zodiac continued to communicate with police and the press for the remainder of 1970, but in April 20th, 1970, he sent a letter that said, quote, my name is blank followed by a 13-character cipher. And when we get to suspects, we're going to talk more about that uh, on the next episode. We're going to talk about the suspects and who potentially could match this 13-character name. So he also mentioned that he's not responsible for the bomb that blew up a police station, but added, quote, there is more glory in killing a cop than a kid because a cop can shoot back. And in the script, I put CID because that's how dumbass fucking spelled it when he wrote it. I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he also sent detailed plans of a bomb he, he said he would use to blow up a school bus. And then at the bottom of the letter, I think this is, might be the most sinister thing, is he wrote his trademarks, crosshair symbols equals 10, SFPD equals zero. Yeah, of course, being how many people he's killed and then you know the right. PD not catching him. So April 28, 1970, he sent another letter to, the, letter to the Chronicle. This dude can just not fucking talk enough. So... I think the point to get in, like, how much he's sending to the press, I think is isolation and loneliness, same as BTK. Uh, they're boring losers. Then their alter ego gives them some type of power, some type of attention that they don't get otherwise. So I think that that definitely points to him being a loser. So in the letter he said, I hope you enjoy yourself when I have my blast... This dude's so fucking funny. Just a comedian. He should get a podcast. <laughs> he said it's his, in all caps. Like, yeah. yeah Hope hilarious. you enjoy yourself when I have my blast. It sounds like he's gonna come <laughs> on a bunch of stuff. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. So he said. It this, sounds like he's going to go until completion on this one. He's really gonna climax this time. Yeah. So he said that the school bus bombing would be happening unless they printed his full details, and he wrote. He also said he would like to see more people wearing some nice Zodiac buttons. And he spelled buttons wrong in the thing. Yeah, I wish more people would represent. I mean, is it too much to ask? I mean, I don't think it's that much to ask. I mean, I'm murdering people. I deserve some attention. I mean, to get a little fan base. Would be nice. I mean, would you guys like us to have buttons? I'll fucking kill somebody if you guys will wear the fucking buttons. Yeah, the fact that there were buttons made. Did he make the buttons, or were people just there making no, the buttons? There were no buttons. There I mean, it would be cool if, like, he was actually making buttons. There's buttons that say, I'm not Paul Avery, which is pretty cool. I want to get one of those. It's pretty tight. 
Yeah, not the same. Not as cool. So again, the buttons, uh, the wearing it published, uh, or he's going to kill kids. So this is just craving attention. His personal life is so fucking lame, and you know, I don't know. It's just, I hate killers like this. So again, a letter post dated June 26, 1970. He was upset he didn't see anyone wearing Zodiac buttons, and he claimed the murder of Sergeant Richard Redeckt, who was shot at 5.25 a.m. on June 19th while sitting in his squad car riding a ticket. He said, quote, I killed a man sitting in a parked car with 38. So included in this letter was a Phillips 66 road map of the San Francisco Bay Area. On Mount Diablo, Zodiac had drawn his infamous symbol and 0369 to be set mag in. I have no idea what the fuck that means. Uh, it also included a 32-letter cipher that claimed he would reveal the location of the bomb set to go off in the fall. The code was never broken, and the bomb never went off, and the, the letter was signed Zodiac 12 SFPD0. So at this I'd point, like to know what that mag in means. That yeah, I'm gonna look into it tonight, and I'm gonna see, and I'll come back to you guys in the next episode with what I find. Sounds like directions, like a compass, maybe. A reference to magnetic north defined as the direction to which the north-seeking pole of the magnetic compass needle points. But basically, he had uh, so it's a circle, um, and it's it's got a it's got, it looks like a crosshairs, you know. But it's kind of funny. It's well the center is left blank he didn't have a line going over so you can see an x but it's right over mount diablo so yeah that's interesting i figured it was some type of compass with the north yes yeah well yeah so it's it's a compass reference but he marks a specific location on a map and that's where he writes it like he wrote it in like it looks like blue sharpie yeah, that's like his trademark to... pen that he used a lot so at this point he's kind of just saying shit to get the public all riled up um or he doesn't know how to build a bomb, and it was really meant to go off, but it never did because he's a fucking idiot. Uh, but I think that's a good place to stop for this one. We'll get into some stuff, some more communication. We'll get into some of the mer- the the some more attacks, some things that connect are connected to Zodiac that might not actually be Zodiac, but they seem like they're Zodiac. Uh, we'll get into the suspects that I believe. We'll get into the suspects that everybody else believes. And we'll get into a lot more shit on the next episode. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at HowTheDadChill. You can follow Johnny at Johnny2Jokes. You can follow the show at The Chilling Truth Podcast. Uh, we do have a Patreon. If you guys want to go on there and try to compensate us for the show, uh, we would be very appreciative of that. Uh, if you can't, that's totally fine too. But if you can, go leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate that way more than monetary things, uh, good or bad. We want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And uh, we'll catch you guys in two weeks.